Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You guys ever go out on the trail and think to yourself, man, I still got that friend who always drops stuff on the trail. I know I do. But now you don't have to worry anymore, guys, because there's a new friend on the trail that's going to help everybody. It's called the Shoulder Screamer. Shoulder Screamer is the best friend you're going to have on the trail because he's not only going to remind your friend to not think, do things on the trail, he's going to remind everybody to follow the rules. And we all know following the rules on the trail will save you a lot of agony. So Shoulder Screamer will say things like, hey, pick up your trash. Hey, you're not a kid anymore. Stop acting like one. Hey, broski, were you born in a barn? Patented by Carl Mandrioli. Look everywhere for the Shoulder Screamer. What's going on, everybody? This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who still believes that a footprint has a use as an emergency blanket, Carl Mandrioli. There it is, buddy. There it is. There it is. Yep. Uh, with me today is Derek Somerville, the only man who doesn't seem to have an opinion on the buff or the wide mouth Nalgene, but has purchased both recently at REI. Uh, yeah, that's right, dude. I uh, I get some I got some products that are not Carl Mandrilli approved, and uh, I think they're going to be useful uh, for other uh, situations. So, uh, all right, we'll we'll see. I think I think um, the last episode exhausted that that thought process. Looking at your um, purchase history from REI, so we'll, we'll move on. We are going to be debunking trail myths that I think people believe. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, I think. At least my list. I'm not sure if this is true for your list. My list kind of coincides a lot of times with uh, Cliché Guy. Does yours? Cliché Guy is a big fan of these myths, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, we're going to debunk. I think okay. we're going to debunk. We are. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, I want I want to get to some of the reactions from some previous episodes. Kind of we get a cavalcade of different mm. reactions from different things. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So I'll throw them your way. So, uh this is going back either to the last episode or a couple episodes ago. So yeah. Doug said he almost crashed his bike when he was listening to our podcast and he heard you talk about the eyeball and the hamburger. Mm. Mm. And then Nick said he spit his coffee out of his mouth in his car while driving to work, listening to the Dear Derek episode. He didn't say what part, so I'll, I'll just assume that it was a comment that you made because um, you're a pretty funny guy. So. What do you mean? You get... You got, you got jokes. You got a couple jokes in there. <laughs> We've all heard your intros. I mean, it's fine. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for you to say something you. nice I mean, to me. I was merely saying that your commentary almost causing multiple crashes. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Take I think you should. I think you should. And then, and yeah. in, in further support, Daniel says to keep coming up with those gross intros. And uh, some people's stomachs are just weak, but he likes them just fine. Oh wow! Well. Yeah. You look, guys, I'm trying to cater to all the various backpacker personalities out there. <laughs> uh, it's a long list, so just bear with me. I do not think so. I think you're trying to cater to yourself and appease your own grossness. Well, there's that, too. But yeah. There's that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I, the, the most... Uh, the most thorough feedback we got collectively was about the, the sit pad comments that mm, we made. Big surprise. And yeah. um, people didn't like that we said don't bring a sit pad <laughs> that's what we do though we're gonna stir the pot we gotta get you guys yeah. talking uh yeah. i i think it's kind of ridiculous to have two pads i still do and i always will but um here's okay i i think and there's always people that take take it the wrong way and i think the most common misinterpretation of what we said was mm -hmm. that we think sit pads in general are bad no 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 i think sit pads plus the chair if you have two sit 
like separate sitting things are overkill. If that's your luxury thing, I think Correct. you even said this because you're like, yeah, I'm the guy talking about pajama pants. But yeah, if if you have your luxury items you like to bring, that's fine. I just personally think it's overkill, and so. Hey. Yeah. You, you just can't have it both ways. People are like, Carl, you have a really lightweight pack compared to the rest of us. Right. Like, what's your secret? And I'm telling people what is useless to bring. And then people are like, that's not useless. Like, these are legit <laughs> things to bring. So I don't know. I don't Look, know, so. guys, if you want to bring the pad, bring the pad. I bring the pajama right. pants. Don't bring a full-on chair and a pad. You can if you want. Yeah. It's a bit overkill in my opinion, but it, 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 irrelevant. If you don't care about my opinion, then bring it anyway. I don't know. I want to do an episode where it's something like uh, solving problems that are not really problems, and I think <laughs> that's, the sit pad, that's a good the sit title. pad is number one on that list. <laughs> good title, good pack on top. That's good. Yes. So we'll get to that at some point. Uh, all right. Later in the episode, speaking of problems, <laughs> yeah. I did a phone interview, just like a quick few minutes um, with with Ranger Eric from mm. Yosemite mm-hmm. trying to solve or trying to figure out like the outcome of, yeah. you know, did we get blacklisted or not? So we'll get to that later on in the episode. Interesting conversation. Would you agree? Um, I almost spit out my drink on my computer. So it was... <laughs> It was epic. I'm just. I, okay. I, I, I'll admit, at first when I started hearing the conversation, I'm like, "This is staged. Come on!" And then I was like, okay. "No, this guy really sounds like this, and this is like legit conversation." This guy really sounds like this. Are you making fun of a ranger? <laughs> well, it just sounded very uh, hot. You know, he just sounded very formal. And I'm like, "This is too oh. formal." But then I was like, "Oh wow, this is like a legit conversation." So okay, I well, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. We will. We'll get there. All right, so verse for the day, 1 Timothy 4, 7, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Mm. What do you think about that? Train yourself for godliness? Well, I mean, that should be a daily activity, right? I mean... Well, that's the rather. The first part has to do with the myths, right? Well, yeah, that's true. You got, you got, you have some myths that you believe in? You uh, Loch Ness monster? Well, I had to do... I had to dig in a little bit to this one because I was like, okay. yeah, are we violating this verse by discussing like flatter theory and some of these other things but it, this is talking about like belief system myths where you might be buying into some other spiritual mm. I don't know, belief system basically so okay. yeah i think just kind of having some fun with some of the things we've talked about i think is not quite worth what this is getting at i think you're okay i think well actually let me take that back i think you're gonna burn i'll be okay with that um you know, I think uh, no, wow. it's all in fun. Wow. I think that's all in fun. And as long as yeah, I think as long as you're not obsessed with these things and you make that your focal point, that would be a different podcast. Which different podcast? I don't really sure. want to do. So yeah. yeah, so I think, but still, the the core of this, you know, irreverent silly myths. I think we've got some myths that are like you know sometimes true myths that are just complete, just um, yeah, garbage. And then we've got yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe some of these are actually legit. So we're gonna find out. Yeah, we will. All right, so let's get to our list. Um, so we'll, we'll share each of ours. We can go back and forth like we typically do. What's your first one? Let me go. Uh, my first one is that you need to be in some kind of professional athlete shape to attempt like a long hike. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, I got to get in shape or I'm never going to make it. I mean, look at Carl, you guys. He's making a lot of hikes, a lot of long hikes. He's, he survives and he still gets injured, rolls his little baby ankles and shoulders. I think it's important <laughs> to remember to to do some type of like train, I would say, I'll use the word training. I, to, to, you don't want to just go cold turkey and do some like mm. crazy long hike. I don't think that's wise, but do you need to be in a pro athlete shape? I don't know. No, I don't think a lot of hikers are in pro athlete shape and they do just fine. So, so your, your take is you don't think a lot of hikers are in equivalent shape no. to pro athletes. No. <laughs> <laughs> nor nor should nor need nor do they need to be nor do they need to be analysis is correct on that one nor are yeah, most people that are not that are non-professionals in pro athlete shape or or all or, or you could say elite okay. athletes or you know <laughs> upper echelon athletes right. um do you need to be in like extreme shape which no okay. you don't i think you need to i think you need to prep though i think you can you know, like go to the grocery store with a, with a weighted backpack, like some mm, people do. Now we're talking. That's that's huge. Um, that's but again, huge. this is this is again why we love Rowan with um, you know one of our ads we have is because he's he's teaching you and giving you all these <laughs> summit strength. Summit, well, yeah, summit strength. <laughs> you can talk about summit strength. They're, they're going to hear it already though. So, 
Um, but here, with one of our ads that we have. One, well, just because it, it helps, you know, he gives you all these great little tools to like strengthen your ankles or like help your quads and your knees and all these other things that really kind of more like nagging injuries that we could easily avoid if we like put some effort into it. So to me, that's a myth. Where have you heard that? Just out of curiosity. I mean, where have I heard that? Where have you heard all your myths? Well, I mean, like, like what I'm coming up with, I've heard multiple people's. My list has like, when you, you say, know, like I said, cliche guys. Multiple people say this. We learned what your number system means in the debate episode where you're like most and some. I mean, that was, so I don't know if it's in that realm of like, you know, I, I hear a lot of people. Is that like three people? Is that like four people? What are we talking about? Your family doesn't count. Your family doesn't count in this situation. If I quote my list and put the quote into like a Google search, like a ton of stuff's going to come mm-hmm. up. If I quote yours, yeah. will a lot of people be saying your quote? I would believe so, yeah. I don't know about our listeners, okay. but I, I found some Let's information do online. Let's do yeah, this do right it. Now. Let's do it right now. Okay, so what's what's your official answer? Your official answer is so I need to give you the correct Google search term, or I fail. That, you can say it however you want. Mm, I don't know if I want to play your game though. The, what, how you said it was, you don't need to be in. It, well, you could wear, you could say pro athlete shape, elite shape. How about you don't need to be super fit to do a long hike. A long hike. I'm not talking okay. about a day hike. Let's clarify. I'm not talking about a day hike. Yeah. Okay. Or like a or like a little overnighter. Yeah. But if you're going to do a long, like a long trail. Yeah. Like if you're going to do a long trail, do you need to be in extreme shape? So I'd put it in quotes. You don't need to be super fit to do a long hike. Is that okay? I don't know if it's okay because your search might yield you something completely different. So. Well, my search, we'll find. In, and I put it in quotes, yeah. which makes it, you have to have that exact quote, but um, zero results. That's, so. that's not correct then. I'm not sure right. where we'll, you go. We'll, we'll go. I don't want to just spend time Google searching, so we'll come. We'll come back to that one later. I don't want to listen to your fingers. If you've heard that said for you know, before, I think I've heard something like that said. I just don't know if it's like something that's a common myth. That's that's maybe what it's I'm less common, but it's, I think I think it's a myth for a long hike, long trail hike. You will have heard. I would if you haven't heard mine, then I would be shocked. Let me just clarify. I'm not talking about a regular hike okay long f y i if you can say that 10 more times i think i'll probably do one more time no go ahead my first one there's no bad weather just bad gear oh geez you love this one you love this little we haven't actually i think i've mentioned this we haven't actually discussed this one on the podcast we haven't no so do you agree that that's a myth or do you think that's legit i want to say uh it, it depends on your perspective I think if you're a positive person, you're gonna be like, "There's no bad weather. I love all of it. It's nature, you know." Then, then you're gonna believe that. And if you have cheap gear at the same time, then you're gonna think, "Yeah, you know what? I have some cheap gear. It's bad gear." Right. So I, I that's actually that's actually a really smart analysis. I'm just imagining my scenario of like, you know, you're going into like an ice storm and you're going into the wind, getting pelted with ice, ice in the storm? face. Where are you hiking? Jeez, are you going on the East Coast? Are you going East Coast Hillstorm? Not in California, not, not where you live, no, obviously. No. And so, and you're just getting pelted, and you're like, yeah, um, this is not very comfortable, so maybe I should have brought like a face shield or something to cover my entire face, like, like ski goggles to go on a hike. Like, you know, mm. how much gear can you wear mm. Where you're still having a good time, and you're like, I have this. I have 20 pounds of clothing mm. on, just so you can get yeah. out there. I, I think that um, at that point, it's just bad weather, right? I mean, I don't know. Ask all the people who climb Mount Everest and Kilimanjaro and all these other things. They're they're mm-hmm. wearing. They would say there's there's good and bad weather. Is is my right? Thought. Well, there's there's going to be good and bad weather for them because it's more. I would say more life or death on that situation, but. If you're talking hiking on the trail and you're in a little sleet storm, a little hailstorm, we had we had a lot of guys freaking out on that storm that we hit yeah. that one uh, that one time. Yeah, I was gonna say it's life or death for them. Haven't you gone on our backpacking trips? Did, did you not pay attention to last year? It's life and death for us too, my friend. We no, yeah, we definitely have our our situations, but I don't know if I. I mean, it depends on who you are. Again, it's like I don't think every backpacker is gonna be like you know gonna agree with this myth because I think if you're a positive person, you're gonna be like. I, I, maybe you don't enjoy the rain. Like I don't enjoy the rain as much as the sunshine, but I'm not like this is horrible weather. The rain's coming. The, the rain is completely. It's 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 bouncing off the ground, bouncing off puddles. You're you're completely drenched, but you have you know you got waterproof stuff on, so it's it's all good. You're- don't don't aren't you? Wait wait wait. Aren't you the one though that says you know we gotta have an adventure out there. You gotta get out there and have yeah, an adventure yeah. and like things are gonna go wrong. Right. Rah, rah. I look at this as part of the adventure. Oh, the no, rain, I agree. Mud, I agree. But it's still bad weather. 
still bad weather to, well to some to some sure okay yeah. okay i think you're just disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing i don't think i think you really agree with me on this one and you just you just want to be disagreeable Par- partially but i think i i get more annoyed <laughs> when it's i get more annoyed when it's super windy i'll say that i will admit okay. that well we are going to the wind river range this year so we'll, we'll see how you deal with that i'll bring a tarp I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> you and I, and I will not accept any complaints about bad weather. So, Dumb next noted. one, your number two. Uh, my number two is that you need to be a survivalist in order to attempt a long hike. Meaning, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard this before. <laughs> I would think this if I was going on a long hike. You need. I don't, I'm not going to even bother googling this one. You need to be a survivalist. This, this was actually a survey I found online. So oh I, you laugh at it all you will. I think that the the theory was behind this is like people get, you know, when you're doing a long trail hike and you're going that for like, I don't know, months or whatever, you need to be a survivalist, meaning like, you know, I got to find my own food. They get more apprehensive about doing something like that because they're because they're more nervous about a lot of different things going wrong. Whereas like, I feel like if we've talked about this, mm. if, if you plan ahead and you bring plan out your food and you, if you're, if you're going to have like drop spots on the way, these are, these are all things that I think will be minimized too. Like I know when I went just traveling in general for the first time, I was scared. Cause I'm like, I gotta remember how to do this. What if I, what if this horrible thing happens and I have to understand how to like do this? Like, do you, maybe if you're doing a long trail hike and you're like, man, I need to know how to start a fire. What if the, what if my Flint breaks? I think it's just the the right. personality of the person. Like if you're a worry wart or a paranoid type person, maybe you shouldn't do a long trail hike until you understand like there's things to do. You can do to avoid a lot of the stuff that you're worried about. If anybody out there has heard of this myth, please let me know and I will eat my words. Cause I have not heard this before at all. What, if the if the ears of Carl haven't touched it, it doesn't mean it's not real. I don't know where you. That's what I said. I said. I said. I want. Maybe I'm wrong. So I'm letting people give feedback. And this was. On, I found this online. I didn't. I didn't. I researched this one. I okay. didn't even uh, know this was a thing until I found. I I just know a lot of people that have done long hikes and nobody's ever thought like I need to have survival skills. So again, again, when you say a lot of people, three or four is not a lot of people. Okay, okay. fair There's enough. Thousands fair of enough. hikers. Do you want? Do you want to clarify a few more times? This is for a long hike too. I can if you want, if you're not remembering okay. what is said, which I think we're gonna we're gonna get into later about your listening skills. So um, we've been there, been there many times. Yeah, what's number your, two what's for me? Yeah. Number two, you don't need to outrun the bear; you just have to outrun your friends. <laughs> <laughs> you and these little cliches uh, sayings. Is but this... people believe that? Like they think that's a joke. Like ha ha ha! I'm faster than you. So who believes we... that? I don't believe that. I think a bear's going to go after the weakest. I know. This is our point is that we need to inform people that these are things that are not to be believed, right? Because if you and I have a bear encounter and the bear looks like it's about to attack and I take off, I'm like, see you later, Derek. The bear's going to chase me. It's not going to sit there and go after you. It's going to chase the person who's running. And so, yeah. And if we both run at that point, it's not going to like identify who's running faster because it takes a second to see who's the faster person. It's just going to choose. Per- it's just going to be random. Well, he's going to go for you. Probably. Obviously. Probably. You're, you look the most, you look more edible, tasty, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you get a little more meat, meat on your bones. I, that's... I'm, a little, I'm, a too, I'm a little skinny. So <laughs> that's, that's fair. I wouldn't be that good. Yeah. yeah I so, wouldn't be that good. When adrenaline kicks in, at least for the first little bit, you're going to have some people running similar distances and depends on where the bear's looking, where the bear's angled. Bear's going to pick somebody. So if your strategy in not bringing bear spray is, I can outrun my friend, like, bad strategy. I don't know if a lot of people are thinking that, but I'll go with it. Um, if you're, I've heard it a lot. I've heard it a lot. Again, I'm sure you have. Uh, if you were running from a bear for whatever reason, Let's just say you decided, mm-hmm. like, you know what? I got to run, period. I, I just got to go for right. it. Is your running pattern going to be zigzag or straight or what, what is it going to be? What are, we, what are we talking about? I'm not running from a bear. I that's, think that's not the question. There's like, there's like, none of, like, running from the bear is not a solution in any scenario. Like, I'm not saying you're making a good decision here. I'm saying if you were running for what, let's say there was multiple bears like coming in at you and you're like, I got a piece out of here. This is not going to go well. Are right. you zigzagging? What are you doing? What's your running pattern? Like, what are you going to do? See, I already know the bear can run faster than me, so I'm probably just, I don't know. I, I would never run, so I don't know. 
I love that you're not answering the fun. Question. I don't. You're giving me a scenario that's not, that's not like how do how you do I tried that? to take a picture of a moose from like five feet away. Don't tell me you wouldn't run from a bear. Although maybe you wouldn't. Maybe try to get a picture. Of the you bear realize too. what you just said. <laughs> you you yeah. I just did as I said it. Like you're you're willing to be. We talked about the kid who put honey on his hand and like fed it to the bear. Yeah. You you would be right. I have an unhealthy there. lack of fear of wild animals, and I also know what you're supposed to do in a bear situation. So I'm not. Yeah, I I, not really. I think you. We'll cover what you're supposed. I think we've covered what you're supposed to do, but we'll cover that again later if, if you need. That. I don't I don't need that, but I think maybe you you might need a little refresher. That's fine. Well, uh, if you're not going to run this, and, and I like how you're like nobody says that. I, like this is not a thing. Like p- people out, there, everybody that's listening out there has heard probably multiple people saying that. And if I'm wrong, then again, feedback my way. But but don't you think some of these sayings are understood to be ridiculous? And they're just like these are like cliche. Oh yeah, phrases. I think people that know definitely. You know, you're not that far away or whatever. What what, we, what was the other one we were talking about the other time where? Every time you ask somebody on the trail, like, you know, how much further? And they're like, oh, just, you know, whatever. Stuff like that. Like, you know, it's just a bunch of malarkey. But Okay. Well, if you don't like that one, I got I got um, one more. My next one is legit. So what's your next okay, one? Okay, go ahead. Third, number three. My third one is the, the trekking poles. Trekking poles are useless <laughs> or pointless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. The, the, the myth goes the trekking guys, poles so. are useless. Useless. Pointless. Okay. I don't know. What's your, what's your thought on that? Because I've heard uh, people in our group say that. I think that on pe- I think people are on both sides of the fence there. Some people think that trekking poles are essential, and some people just don't like trekking poles. And and so I think that this is, yeah, you can almost debate the trekking poles thing. We're going to, we'll dive deeper into the trekking poles. And we were actually, we have a, a bonus episode for March for for Patreon folk that deals with trekking poles specifically, and you know, are they useless? Are they are they are they worth bringing? Or for what kinds of people are they worth bringing? Because obviously, you use them and I don't. My favorite moment though is when you when we're crossing a river and you're like, "Hey, can I borrow your trekking right. pole?" And I'm like, "Yeah, see, you you mooch the trekking right. pole, but you don't want to use the trekking pole." So it's okay for you to help out sometimes, Derek. It's all right. Oh, I know. You can contribute. I just, oh, I don't mind yeah. that. I just want you to recognize <laughs> that you. I could grab a stick, but you got the trekking pole, and so convenience is is king there. But I'll say this: that example right there debunks your myth right away, because obviously, just in terms of river crossings, they're not completely useless, right? Well, yeah. So you're going to bring them only yeah. to cross rivers, then? You're going to strap them to your pack. I'm, and... I'm just saying we'll dive deeper into okay. that, but that by itself is is reason to believe that they're not useless. Well, no. But I think some yeah. people just don't like to have extra things in their hands when they're walking. And I've heard people, people, yeah, that, yeah, we'll get to that too. I've heard people that prefer not to have trekking poles, but the people that don't like trekking poles, have they said that they're actually useless? Mm, no, they've gone that far. Kind of a waste of space is it was my impression that I got. Like this is like okay. a waste. Like you don't need this. You know. Gotcha. You could be doing other oh. things with your hands or arms. I don't like to bring them, but I know that they are handy. So handy huh handy for literally you hold them in your hand yes that's, that's true yeah it's a good observation all right my number three okay. is cotton is rotten oh jeez cotton is rotten you, you i think yeah. you just picked one because you know i'll agree with this one because of the socks like i can't so you think this is not a myth you think cotton is always bad on trips um for me yes it's not all about you. This is for people in general. This is this podcast is not teaching you stuff. It's for everybody. Remember that when you're saying you talk to everybody. So <laughs> I will say that I, I'm sure. Well, I, it's clearly not rotten for some people because a lot of our guys use cotton. You included right. use cotton. Um, I gave mm-hmm. you a T-shirt, the Sasquatch T-shirt. So yep. I wouldn't say it's rotten. I think for me, I, I don't really enjoy it as much because maybe I'm a baby and I got baby skin and. You know, um, it's just kind of, an, mm-hmm. I just like the stuff that dries quicker, you know, and I feel like the cotton doesn't dry as fast for me. And clearly with the feet. You feel you feel like that or that's that, you know, that's true. That's, that's, uh, okay. that's true. But I would say that the, the sock thing alone has detoured me from yeah. cotton in general. I think generally speaking, cotton for socks is, is rotten. I think this is sometimes true because it, if you're going to, you know, a very moist environment, let's say, you know, coastal regions or just yeah humid humid areas basically like yeah you're not i think that that's a bad idea but if you're going to more of a drier climates more mountain zones that are not super humid 
and um, you have, you know, like a backup shirt, you bring a secondary shirt so you can let one dry out while you put the other one on, like say in camp. Right. I think right. that they're less stinky. So than than other mm. materials and you're right, they don't dry as fast, but they're very comfortable to wear. And so I've actually, yeah, I've kind of moved away from my, you know, polyester based shirts to more cotton shirts, not mm. all the time, but just sometimes. And so, um, are you, are you smelling the shirt? How do you know they're less stinky? You smell. I've done shirt? a lot of uh, physical exertion type activities in a variety mm. of materials. So, huh? Huh. Yeah. Okay. If you exercised a little bit and needed shirts for exercise, then you would probably have a have a stronger take on that one. Uh, what what kind of deodorant are you using? On the trail or in general? Oh, is there different deodorant you have for the trail in general? Yes. Oh yeah, because I bring the travel size for the trail if I'm bringing any. Wait, and wait, then, wait. You bring you bring deodorant on the trail? It depends on the, the situation. So like for example, on the Canyonlands trip, my wife demanded that I did. <laughs> well, okay, that makes sense because, I, and I applaud her for doing so. So I brought, I had a travel size one, whatever that was, Old Spice one. I think there was, there was like one option. Yeah, and then, well, yeah. Jessica, I've I've slept next to him without the deodorant. So kudos to you. I probably should start demanding you bring deodorant. Actually. Do you bring deodorant? No. I don't. Well, actually, let me take that back. Let me take that back. I have brought it, I want to say, two or three times career. Okay. Gotcha. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? I don't really smell as bad as Carl. I don't need this. Um, and I'm bathing in the river occasionally. So some people don't stink as much as others. Well, that's definitely true. Are you going to bring it on our April trip? Uh... Yeah, you're debating now. You're what gonna... do you think? I'll, I'll defer to you. Do, you. do I need to? Do you need to? Oof. That's Jessica. Do I care? Because I love you. I, I don't care. I love I love how you talk in circles. Like, I'm going to demand that you bring it, but I don't care if you bring it. I kind of, yeah, I, <laughs> you enjoy that? Stay yeah. with me. Uh, no, I, I really, part of it is like, you don't obviously want to be a complete sloth on the trip, but at the same time, it's like you're out there in nature. You're going to, you're all, you're going to be a little dirty, a little, little stinkier than normal. And that's. For those that don't know, the, the, the April trip's kind of weird because we're doing two over, two separate overnighters back to back based on just kind of trail availability. And so we actually can, in between, get cleaned up and have deodorant, say, back at the vehicle. I was going to say, yeah, maybe just keep one in the car. So actually, I'm, now that I talk about it, it's, it's not going to happen, sorry. But we do we do bring a lot, of, we bring a lot of the wipes. Sometimes we bring wipes, is what I'm saying. I don't bring wipes on the trail, dude, no. I, I'm not. I'll have you, them afterwards. It's not all about you. I'm not saying you do. I'm saying I've seen yeah. some of the guys bring wipes on the trail. We'll add that to a future episode as well. Wipes. Solving Got problems it. are not problems, so. Check. Yeah, check. All right, I had a couple other ones on my list that were were not quite as big of a deal. I'll just kind of mention, we don't need to discuss them, but I'll throw them out there. Be careful with maps so the paper doesn't get wet. Um, <laughs> okay. I think more people are realizing that the maps are waterproof now and made out of plastic, and so that's mm, not a problem. Mm. And then um, physically exhausted hikers can walk faster when the finish line is near. You think that's a myth? AKA hamburger pace. I don't think that's a myth. I think that one depends but i think it's actually true it's weird like you kind of get that burst right i know we t i know i talked about that before but i don't i don't know if that's a myth okay yeah uh, this is just on my on the list observations. of observations that I found. it's a good observation Obs though all right so we've got time to hear from ranger eric <gasps> so i called him up hey. recently and here's how the conversation went down hello this is ranger eric from yosemite national park yeah, so I actually had a question about getting a permit in Yosemite. Okay, I can help you with that. Okay, yeah, so we've been to Yosemite, like my, me and my crew have been to Yosemite a, a bunch of times, and we had kind of an odd encounter with a ranger on the trail the last time we were there. Her name was Ranger Annie, and we were on our way out. So it was our last day hiking out. We had just had a couple miles left, and we were in Lyle Canyon, and... She was just checking our permit, and then she kind of, you know, asked us about how many bear canisters we had, and we had a group of, what do we have, six or seven guys, and we only had two bear canisters among the group of us, and so she kind of was a little upset about that, and she explained to us that we are the reason why bears are being killed in Yosemite, and so we had a conversation, and I explained to her that we... We're very experienced in Yosemite, and we didn't run into any bears in this trip, and we tend to know where to, to camp in order to avoid the bears, and she didn't like that very much, and so she she sort of like, she'd already checked our permit, and then she grabbed our permit again, and then she wrote something down, 
And so I didn't know what that meant. Uh, yeah, let me uh, see. I know Ranger Annie. She's a good ranger. Let me see if I can pull up any information. Sounds sounds interesting. Let me look you up on the computer here. Uh, what's your name? So Carl Mandrioli spelled. All right. It says here a uh, bear canister violation. Do not issue permit to trip leader Carl Mandrioli. Uh, do not issue permit. So let me, I- let me look up and see if there's any more details. To group leader Carl Mandri- Mandrioli. Mandrioli. Yeah, anyway. Mandrioli. Sorry. Yeah, as I mentioned, I know Ranger Annie. She's a, she's a good ranger. Yeah, I'm not disputing her rangering abilities. I think it might have been part of my crew that might have um, not answered her questions in a satisfactory manner. But. I was on the permit, so that's why I think my name is associated with that. So is that, um, so I can't get a permit indefinitely in Yosemite. Is that accurate? Uh, correct. There's really, yeah, we, we don't have many violations on our permits. <laughs> so, yeah. is there, there's no expiration date on that is what you're saying. No, no. Mo- most people follow the rules and have enough bear canisters. And I, I know you said you're an experienced backpacker, but. We have pretty strict rules to keep our bears safe and keep our people safe. And Okay, so not only did we not see a bear on that trip, but like I said before, we've been to Yosemite uh, a number of times like over the last 16 years. And in that time frame, we have not had a single bear encounter. Does that, that doesn't buy me any sort of um, get-out-of-jail-free card with the, the permit thing? Um, no, sir. Uh it's actually good that you didn't see a bear because that means that other people are following the rules and where our program is working. So um, I do not see that as an argument for not carrying bear canisters because you just didn't see a bear. Are you familiar with our policies? Have you researched our policies? Do you understand the importance of bear canisters <laughs> and why I'm not, I'm not finding this funny. It's very serious. We take this very seriously at Yosemite. We were in violation. We should have had more bear canisters. I, I get it. Um, we we got the scolding from Ranger Annie, and we're not going to, to violate the policy again. I apologize. So I guess I'm trying to figure out if there's any way to make amends or if it's just simply like, yeah, I'm like you, you've made one mistake, and now you can never get a permit in Yosemite again. Is that is that what you're saying? Um, you could never be the trip leader again. I'll leave it at that, sir. You can. Okay. But if you're the trip leader, I'm surprised that you're not. Okay. You're not okay with this. I, I would think if you're an experienced backpacker, you would understand the importance of why we're doing what we're doing. And we're not looking for loopholes. We're not looking for excuses, but um, it may be time for uh, you to have another trip leader. So Derek, you had a strong reaction to this when you said, so what do you think about that conversation? I'm applauding in my heart um, thoroughly right now. I know I, I just, there were so many okay. just golden nuggets to take away from this, this phone call. You know, the fact that he's, <laughs> it was kind of like that time you were telling me like, I'm just going to let you keep talking and dig your own hole. I felt like that's exactly what you were doing in this conversation in the sense of he's like, you're like, well, so doesn't mean I'm blackballed or whatever for life. I can never get another permit. He's like, Yeah. Yeah, that's what that means. Well, well, I mean, but I didn't see a bear. I didn't see a bear on this trip or other trips. He's like, uh, I, I, it's like you're not getting the point. It's you don't get special, oh, you know, privileges because you didn't right. see a bear. Like that's the rule. So it's like, I get you definitely pushed it, and I don't know if that was for the podcast or not. But I was like, dude, Carl, stop talking. No, I pushed it. I, 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 I was. I just want to see what he's going to say. What, what's wrong? I, I finally got him on the phone. I, was, I just want to see what he's going to say. So uh, the, the thing was funny when he's just kind of like, um, you know, are you familiar with the rules of the bear canister? Are you familiar with that? And then, you know, he's like, you need to find another trip leader. Maybe you don't need to be a trip leader <laughs> anymore. And obviously, like, there's a little more to that conversation that I, that I edited down just for time purposes. And great. like the processing time of him looking me up, like I cut that down too. But uh, I thought that was a good way to end it. <laughs> that, but to, to be fair, that is harsh. That's harsh. Yeah. Don't that, yeah. that's a that's essentially a lifetime ban for you for you. Well, yeah, I mean in, in essence. Yeah. Like if you wanted to go by yourself to Yosemite and get a permit, you couldn't go. Right. Sorry, buddy. If I want to go yeah, if I want to go solo. You can never go to Yosemite again by yourself. 
<laughs> no to Yosemite. Never. Like for example, on the trail. If we end up, if we end up doing like our, our Red Peak Pass loop one day, like that doesn't require a backpacking permit. It's not backpacking. So who's gonna be the leader, but, Rocky or um? What way? Who else is gonna do it with you? Is Jared gonna? We don't know. We don't know. Are you are you asking me who's gonna get the permit for the trip? I just told you doesn't need a permit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you don't need a permit. Why don't for that you need one? a permit for that one? That's Red Peak Pass. Because we're not spending the night. We're not spending the night. Oh, that's there. right. That's right. Never mind. We're not camping, but. Uh, if I need a new trip leader, so is that is he nominating you? I think you're trying to twist it. Um, I wasn't part of that conversation. Well, inadvertently, he doesn't know you, obviously. But is he? I think he's like. Who, I think he's. Who would he be nominating? He's nominating anybody else in our group that's responsible. That's a loaded question or a loaded statement, I should say. But uh, basically, anybody but you. Everybody's responsible in our group, but I don't know that they're responsible in the way in in regard to getting permits. Right. I've already, I've already dropped the permit on the trail long ago right so i don't know if right. i'm I qual- i'm qualified maybe i banned myself i think you don't want to be the guy so you're you're trying to find reasons to not be the guy is that correct no no you want me to get the permit i will do my best to get the permit i, I can try to do that for you if i send a link out can one of you guys get the permit for the upcoming trip we're going to yosemite here's mm. the link gives you all the directions everything you need to know you know you pick the dates you pick the trail or whatever i pick the trail here you go just know that you have to get this on time. You got to get your your application submitted on time. Otherwise, we're not going to get it. Should I assume that we're going to get it or not get it? I think you should assume you're going to get it. Yeah. Okay. Somebody will will pick up the slack there. Okay. Well, we're not going to use well, well, I don't. I don't think it'd be good just to throw it out there and see who like picks it up. Okay. I think you should ask like two or two people, at least two people specifically. This is yeah. not going to be a problem for possibly a couple of years. So. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe they'll change their policy by then. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's such a burden on the group now to have somebody who breaks the rules and gets banned. Right. Like, I don't even know, do we want you to go? You know, we got to really think about, maybe we need to have our own powwow <laughs> about, you know, this rule breaker. Uh, getting okay, banned. Here's, here, here's the question, because it's been a while since we had this conversation, but from my memory, and this is obviously very biased, from my memory, it was either... Ranger Annie getting upset at the peanut gallery, making comments that were ridiculous. Don't or she us. was getting upset no, because I was challenging us. her on yes. the validity 100%. Of, <laughs> of, of the bear canister on our way. Like it was on the, I think it was on the one the single statement where she said I was killing bears by not having bear canister. I think was you, it? I think you leaned a little bit too much into the realm of male bravado in that conversation. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, she, she stood her ground. I just remember when we got off the trail, everybody except probably you was like, wow, that Ranger Annie, she was, she was legit. Like she right. put Carl in his place. Right. She stuck to the rules. And I think that you understandably having your experience of like no bears for years and years was like, look, I'm Carl Mandrioli, like I know where the bears aren't and I should have a special golden pass because I'm Carl Mandrioli. And she's like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama, you're not getting the friggin' pass to go get the bear thing or what, the no bear canister. Do you know how many times I've been accused of having too much male bravado? <laughs> zero, zero times my entire life. <laughs> That's what I mean, I agree with you. So that's the one you, moment where I got on my high horse, what you're saying. You got on the high horse. She knocked you down. And it was okay. fun to watch, but at the same time, yeah. That, so anyway, long story short, that conversation with the ranger was golden. So I'm glad you did that. I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being pretty vulnerable by putting that out on the podcast, you. being put in my place. So that, in order to get revenge on that, I've got to definitely come up with some sort of, um, I don't know, audio clip that we can have from your perspective. Oh, wait, I have oh, one of those. Boy, Look at that. I'll share that um, in the tidbit section. So I was just about to give you a compliment, and then you said that. No, oh. uh, no, I'm no. I was proud of you for for diving into that embarrassing moment for yeah. yourself, and then bringing that to light. So, right, applause to you. But would you ever try to get Ranger Annie on the show at this point, or are you going to be like, ooh, no? Is she too? Do you think she's she'd be too straight laced for the show? One thing that I learned was that they're like Yosemite by itself has over a hundred rangers. So trying yeah. to get a hold of any of the rangers is like just not going to happen. And that was a couple of years ago. So I don't even know that she's still at you in Yosemite. Um, but I will say that I'll be keeping an eye out when we're, when we're on our, you know, Red Peak Pass loop. If I do that this summer, if, if I see any rangers, if we come across any rangers, if I can get any contact, oh, we all will. Any yeah, contact will. information, maybe I'll pass along a, a card and we'll try to get her on the show. But the chances of that are very slim. So the fact that the guy on the interview was like, oh, yeah, I know Ranger Annie. That didn't really 
jostling bells for you to ask him. It's like, what is it? It's so because it's still wintertime, it's like minimal. Like they're they've got limited staff, so um they don't yeah. You didn't I cut out the last part of the conversation. I'll just say that. So I was not able to get a hold of Ranger Annie through mm. Ranger Eric. Okay. But good thinking though. Like you're now you're thinking how I'm thinking, so that's good. I'm just you um, know Yeah. I think it would be interesting. I don't know how the interview would go. I think it'd be kind of awkward that right. here's this guy who got blacklisted now. She he tracks this female ranger down is like wants to interview her on the tracks her down no she has she's got rangering passion and anybody who's passionate about what they do like that's the kind of people you want to talk to because they're yeah you want to have people that are excited about what they do so she's actually like a prime time interview candidate i hope that's your view she she was a good yeah. ranger she was legit ranger she's legit yeah, yeah. no doubt okay we got a gear myth trivia coming at you derek right after this The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, so I've got three questions for you. They are all fill in the blank, okay? Uh, All right, go ahead. All right, and these are all um, myths. So these are all like falsehoods, fallacies, Mm. if you will. I'm going to get all these. I might get all these wrong. No, okay. uh, we'll see. I could make these multiple choice, but I, think, I feel like multiple choice just gives it away. All right. So, and it's more fun for you to fill in the blank with your own answers anyway. <laughs> so, so here we okay, go. Go ahead. So gear myth. You don't need a map if you have a... Compass? GPS tracker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh... <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. A cell about. phone. A cell phone. Cell phone, uh, GPS. Fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, hey, yeah. Lewis and it's Clark a, had the compass probably, right? And yeah, they didn't have a map. You're right. Yeah. They're mapping areas they go. Second Lewis and Clark reference this season. Nice. So you don't need a map. You have a, if you have some sort of like device, obviously if that device fails and you're, especially if you're navigating off trail, like that's just a disaster waiting to happen. So that's why that's a myth. So Flare gun, maybe a flare gun. <laughs> that's a fire starter in the forest Indeed. okay number two um every hiker should wear i feel like you're you're giving me questions that are like loaded questions and i like it you got the first one right every this is so like ambiguous though and you know it oh this one's hard yeah every hiker should wear jacket for pants once in his life mm. correct boots Boots. Yeah. We don't do any of this wear boots? No. Okay. Let's go back to the, the rules. This is gear myth trivia. These are all myths that yeah. people believe. 
okay. about gear. I, I got yeah. that. I'm and, just yeah. and so they're myths, so they shouldn't all wear boots. Like jacket certain, for pants. Know. Jacket for pants is still my there answer. There you go. Jacket for pants. That that's a myth too, but not the answer to my question. All right, so one for two. Last one to succeed here. This one I feel like is Captain Obvious. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Every tent needs a footprint. Yes. Yes. Yeah, your favorite yes. one. Yes. I'll say footprint slash house siding. Every tent needs that to protect the bottom from, yeah, again, problems that you made up. So we definitely need to do an yep. episode about that. Problems that are. All right, I will, yeah, I'll need to t- write that down afterwards. All right, you've passed, my friend. You know your gear mix. I sort of. do what I can for the people. We'll get to you. We got a couple clips here for, for tidbits. We'll get to your clip here in a second. So I do have a quote from Yoon, a recent Patreon supporter. Yeah. Uh, Yoon says, throughout the 130 shows, Derek has been splashing more attacking power to his podcast partner. Feels like a Sasquatch against a bear cub. Would it ever change? <laughs> <laughs> a Sasquatch against a bear cub. That's so yeah. rad. Um, Yoon has a lot of like re- reactions to things that are just amazing. And this is one of my favorite ones. I That's top notch right there. Yeah. So you do you feel like I'm a, a bear or a, a um am I, am I attacking your bear cubness? Is that what you feel like? You get to start and end the show, so I think that the structure lends itself to that. But um, I I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I'm, I agree with that. I think that if people are paying attention, I feel like Derek a lot of times can attack himself with what he's saying. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we both uh, yeah. And and it, as you heard in the interview, I mean, Carl's gonna dig himself some good holes too. So. And then I'm gonna expose any of my own, like, yeah, issues as well. So I'm not, I'm not shy about that. It's the beauty of the show, though. It's the beauty of the show, really. Yeah, I I shared with you that we had a, a review from Bauer, and uh, he Mm -hmm. since emailed me, uh, Dan Daniel Bauer. He informed that he's actually not a secret agent. He is former military, so thank you for your service. And uh, he had a lot of good information that he shared. Some questions that he asked, but. You know, I just wonder, like, did we, by challenging whether he was a secret agent or not, did we basically just, like, blow his cover? And mm. is he now no longer a secret agent? Witness protection, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Did we did we kind of blackball him from the, the secret, like, the CIA, or I don't know. So I, Well, I don't know. You know about being blackballed, so maybe you have a better that's true. perspective I'm on this. That's true. I'm actually good at that. <laughs> yeah, Blacklisted, definitely... yeah. <laughs> actually, I didn't, I didn't put that together. That's actually really good. Um <laughs> So either way, I, I can't. I, I don't know. I don't have experience with this. So. Yeah. So I think that um, if if he's already been blacklisted from CIA, I think it doesn't hurt for his trail name to be Secret Agent Bauer. Would you agree with that? Oh, that's a great. Yeah. Name. I think yeah. Secret Agent is like awesome trail name. So, but here's a story he shared. He was asking about like safety in the wilderness, and he shared that yeah, some of the places he's gone are pretty sketchy. And so he went to Wayne National Forest um, in Ohio, and said that that's when good. he got back to the trailhead, his gas tank had been drilled and emptied from his vehicle. What? That's intense. And I was like, I've, I've heard of crazy things at trailhead areas, but I had never heard of that before. Drilled and emptied. If it were you, if this happened to you, wouldn't you just never go back there? Um, Probably not. No. I, in my, in my, at least not that trail. Yeah, in my thought, I'm like, there's so many other trails. I'm like, why am I going to torture myself and come back here? Yeah, that was, I just thought that was a crazy story. So You don't think that stuff kind of happens because, you know, he is a secret agent, or was that? Oh, you know, you know. Does that stuff like? Does he get? Does he attract that kind of uh, thing? You think? Is that a myth? Here's the question for you: If you want to pass information on to you know somebody who's like in deep cover, wouldn't yeah. a trailhead and hiding that information on like a thumb drive or something in a gas tank be the ideal spot? Mm, I don't know. I mean, you hit some stuff under a rock and it, it got passed pretty good. So Yeah, but I'm not a secret agent, so that nobody's really looking for that. Clearly right? you're not. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That might... That's a good point, though. Would I drill a hole okay. into a gas... Like, nobody's ever going to think about that. That's true. Yeah. You know, that's a good so, point. Yeah. So I think that actually maybe his story is more of a confirmation that he actually does work for or, or, you know cia ctu whatever so there yeah you go. okay so i got two clips one is from derek i pulled this from the video we're about to release the at least on patreon our kind of a, a redo of a maroon bells trip we took back in 2016 where we this is like actually pre-podcast even though it really feels like if you watch the video it actually feels like the podcast is going on based upon our interactions but it was pre-podcast 
and uh, I, I redid it so that it was like copyright compliant. And so um, try to make it better. So I did some interviews and I pulled a clip from one of the interviews because what you said is kind of ridiculous. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure. I'm uh, No, but I'm sure it okay, was. Okay, well, I shared it with you. Wait, which one? Well, you've shared quite a few with me. We're talking about, it has to do with like one of the items I brought to be ridiculous on the trip for the, for the Strider Award. And you're talking mm. about, you're con- concerned about like where I got this item from because it was buried in the backyard of a house that that is no longer owned by anybody on the trip. It has to do with like this Xbox, old Xbox system pieces and stuff. And so you're challenging me on like where I got it from. So here's what you said. Did you trespass into somebody's backyard and dig in their backyard like a homeless man, like looking for food? Like, what were you doing? Like, how are you in this person's yard? Okay, so so here's my question, Derek. Do you think that homeless people go into other people's backyards to dig holes looking for food? I think if you were homeless, you might do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you were homeless, you might do that. You okay. know, that's something you would do. Uh, <laughs> I have no response to that. That's, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it. <laughs> All right. I don't think you're, you know, I think you're more of the forage for your own food kind of guy because you're a nature guy, <laughs> right? So it's like if you're in the city, but you're like, I'm still a nature guy. Let's go find a good backyard. I'm going to go to that house. There. There's probably food buried in the backyard. <laughs> I think you might lean more towards like a farm and dig there, right. but you still might dig. Okay. Would you eat grubs? Would you eat uh, worms and stuff? <laughs> you eat worms? That'd be a good episode. <laughs> Could you power through a wormy, uh, a worm di- you know, snack? Right. I mean, we've already eaten crickets, so it's not that much further to go. <laughs> Just saying. Got one last one to end things, and that is uh, people have been asking for more from Rocky, so here's what Rocky has to say today. Yo, Carl, Derek, it's Rock. We are out to eat at Lucille's restaurant, and I just had a great idea, Carl. What if we backpack? Not from, like, campground to campground or, you know, like campsite to campsite, but from restaurant to restaurant. What if, like, so we're at Lucille's. I just looked up, you know, so this would be dinner, right? We could backpack through the night 12 miles to Stack's Pancake House, right? Then go to Stack's, then sleep. Oh, our food just came. Hey, just an idea. I wanted to throw that out there. Go get them, everybody. God bless. Rocky, always bringing it home, Rock. Love it. Uh, guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we love what we do. We hope you do too. And guys, remember, if you need to figure out how to get blackballed from something somewhere, just talk to the man on the other side of this uh, podcast, Carl Mandrelli. We'll see you next time. I want to around the world. He didn't really get blacklisted for the bear canister. I saw what Ranger Annie wrote on the paper. And uh, I, I never told him this, but I was like, look, he didn't, she didn't write bear cancer. Don't issue this guy a permit. She wrote, this guy is a fashion hiking emergency waiting to happen. Please do not let him back on the trail. He's scaring the animals. That's what it was. And that's, you can't tell your friend that though. Cause he, you know, he thinks he thinks he dresses fine, but he doesn't. That's what's so scary. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.